Blog Talk Radio. Otherwise, 
trivialize random things, pointless things. Ah. I had I I had got unfriended by someone. Ow. Because she just started an argument with me over the Weasley twins from Harry Potter. Wow. And it wasn't even... It was, like, she kept insisting we were disagreeing, but we weren't disagreeing. So the argument was actually over whether or not we were disagreeing in the first place. Okay. I just How don't know what the, to do anymore. <laughs> How did the conversation come up? Well, you know, on Facebook, there's, you know, all sorts of fandom memes. Harry Potter and Doctor Who and Thrones and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And there was this one picture that I shared, which basically it was talking about why the Weasley twins, who are constantly pulling pranks on everybody and who are the only two Weasleys to have never been prefect, why they were always so good to Harry. They never pulled pranks on him. They they joked, they, they ribbed him a little bit, but nothing like they did to everybody else. And okay. so it was an explanation of why they were so nice to Harry, and it's because Harry could tell them apart. This was theory on this meme thing. You know, right. in the first, the, the very first book, the very first movie, you know, Mrs. Weasley confuses Fred and George. And like, honestly, and you call yourselves our mother. <laughs> you know, and, but, you know, Harry seemed to always know which one of them was Fred and which one of them was George. Like, it was never, he always knew. And And it made them, I guess, the theory, the fan theory was that because Harry was the only one who bothered to tell them apart, he's the only one that that really earned that soft spot, soft spot with them. Yeah. And I've, it was a perfectly lovely fan theory, you know. Yeah. But the way that I guess it was phrased, they're like, you know, the they became the pranksters because they were the twins and no one bothered to tell them apart. And, you know, they weren't super smart like Percy. They weren't the youngest like Ron. They weren't, you know, as cool as George and Bill. So, and they were the middle kids. So, you know, they, they got their attention by being the prankster twins. And the person like in question decided to, like, chimed in and said, I think they're the coolest. You know, I disagree. I don't think they they were less cool than Bill and George. And I'm like, okay, you know, I agree with you. I like Fred and, or Bill and Charlie. Bill and Charlie. And I'm like, you know, I totally agree. I love Fred and George. Um that they're they're awesome and I was I was heartbroken when Fred was killed. But, you know, I think looking at it in a conventional light, you know, Percy's the super smart one, you know, Bill is the handsome one, Charlie works with dragons and that's gotta be kind of a sexy career in the wizarding world. <laughs> you know. 
Jenny's the I only totally girl. get it, guy that deals with dragons. Yeah. Hey, Summer. <laughs> hey. And here's our other co-host. <laughs> it's Summer Blade. I kind of ninja in there. <laughs> yes, you did. And that was kind so of anyway. what I was hoping you would do. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. So anyway, you know, and I, I was breaking it down as to why the person who created it might have thought that Bill and Charlie were cool. It's because stereotypically the hot guy is cool and the guy with the sexy job is cool. Mm-hmm. You know, the firefighter, the Marine, the, you know, the guy, the guy with ripply muscles <laughs> who works in a dangerous job. That's cool. You know? And she argued with me, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I definitely prefer, you know, the person who can make me laugh over the person that's stupidly risking their lives, you know. Well, I guess it's not stupid. It's heroic and whatnot. But it's just I, I if I have a man, I want to keep him alive. <laughs> kind of a thing with me. So, <laughs> but she kept arguing and saying that we were disagreeing. And, <laughs> and eventually I got frustrated. I'm like... You need to go to bed. You're cranky. <laughs> and she took offense to that. Apparently, that just broke her heart and made her cry. And how how could I? She was just expressing her opinion. I'm like, your opinion was that we were disagreeing when, in fact, we were not. How would you like it if you were talking and someone kept completely ignoring yeah, everything you said and insisted you were saying something else? Eventually, you'd be like, shut up. <laughs> and so yeah, she unfriended me because because she I don't know wants to be a snowflake. Only she has a different opinion than everybody else in the entire world, and no one else is allowed to agree with her. I don't know. It's weird. I've never had that happen. That was the weirdest thing, and it was over something completely. Trivial? Unnecessary. Yeah, well, it just... I love Harry Potter. I love that book series. I love the movie series. But it doesn't actually affect real life. You know? This is true. No. I mean, that's not to say that I would go so far as to call it just a book series, but... And actually, that's... The you know the twin thing is a theme that has been used in plenty of different series. Um, have either of you ever read or watched Oran Host Club? Yes, I love that show. No, but someone is, told me that it? I should look it up because they referenced it oh, yeah. in that discussion about the Weasley twins. Yeah, because there's two there's two twins, Hikaru and Kalaru. Nobody can tell them apart. Absolutely nobody. The only person that can tell them apart, I cannot remember her name for the life of me right now. Can you, Summer? Ah, uh, the female. I can't remember her name either. Okay. It's been well, so long since I've seen Host Club, but I, I know who you're talking about, the female lead. Yeah. Well, she was the first person to figure out which one is which 
right off the bat. Well, yeah, and then they also had that there was one episode where they both kind of freaked out because everybody always, you know, gets the two of them confused, and they tried to both be big individuals and everything, and she could, you know, she revealed to them that she could always tell them apart. Yeah. Yeah, and that was um that was something they always wanted. They always wanted someone to be able to tell them apart. They actually played a game that was called Which One is Hikaru? Yeah, where they'd uh switch hats or switch clothes or something. Or they would play a, a trick on a poor unsuspecting young girl. And with love letters. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, they they were pretty cruel with that game. Until she showed up. Because she also treated them as individuals. Well, yeah, because before then it was always they were interchangeable. Yeah. And she would always call them by their names, and it would be separate. Mm-hmm. And they never really figured it out that, wait a minute, this is finally somebody who's figured out which one of us is which. <laughs> and actually cares to distinguish between the two of them. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's it's I love that type of storyline. Because then she was the only one that they wouldn't play pranks on. They helped her 15 ways from Sunday. The only prank they would play on her was the fact that, you know, before school had started, she had cut her hair really, really short, so she looked like a boy. Yeah. About about the only prank they would play on her was to get her to wear girls' clothes. (laughs) That was the only prank. (laughs) And that was mostly because they wanted to see her in girls' clothes. (laughs) So. But, yeah. You know, people just... Okay, I'm going to be frank here. People are idiots. <laughs> By nature. Well, <laughs> yes, this this is unfortunately true. I mean, it, it's... I, I, I can say this as somebody who works in the service industry. I can't believe how many times I've had people walk up to me in the front of the bakery and ask me, do you work here? <laughs> well, I'm wearing a work uniform and a hairnet and an apron, and I'm standing in the bakery, and they still have to ask me, do you work here? Yeah. I'm so tempted to give them the answer of, no, I'm a spy for another bakery. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would always get that same thing, too, when I worked um, 
for the collection agency. We'd have to wear an ID badge in order to get in and out of the building. Uh-huh. Well, at lunchtime, there was a Hobby Lobby that I kid you not, I could jump in the car, run over there, get a thing of yarn, get back, and still have time left over to eat lunch. So that's what I would about once every week or so, depending upon how how my projects were running. Well, you don't want to know how many times people would walk up to me and just start talking to me like I work there. <laughs> that's happened to me and Joanne's a couple times. Yep. And, you know, there were a few times in which I was able to, like, direct them to where they what they wanted. <laughs> So it's yeah, I, uh, I was good. I had that. I had similar things happen to me when I worked at PetSmart. Um, if, if I would, you know, on my break, walk, you know, a few feet down the sidewalk to go to Winco Foods to get lunch, somehow there is always somebody who would see, you know, my apron, even though it wasn't actually fully on, you know. And think mm-hmm. I work there. And they'd be like, where's this thing? I'm like, I don't know. And I continue <laughs> to get my lunch. And sometimes they would get mad and accuse me of not providing good customer service. To which point I would just smile and be like, um, I work, I don't work at the store. I work at PetSmart. You want good customer service? You come and visit me and ask me about fish. <laughs> I do not provide good dog. customer can, service for a company you don't work for. I can, I can, you know, I can wash, I can wash your dog. I can tell you about birds and fish. I can help you find cat food at my store. Clue <laughs> where it is over here. Um, and then, actually, the best question I ever got, which was also when I was working at PetSmart, I was checking that day, and I had just gotten my cat pewter. He was just a little tiny kitten. And I was bringing him to work with me because I hadn't yet told my parents that I had adopted a cat. (laughs) Peter was just a tiny thing at the time. And what he really liked to do is curl up under the the telephone next to the scanner, presumably because it was warm and it vibrated. And he would fall asleep (laughs) there while I rang out people's purchases. Great cat. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> and I got some of the most interesting questions about him. The most disturbing and confusing question for me is, is that cat dead? <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. To which I could only look at them for a second and then say, yes, I absolutely keep a dead cat next to the register. Oh, wow. <laughs> For good luck, you know. Keeps the devil away. Better than a rabbit's foot. <laughs> yep. Yeah, wow. And, and why, at what point? I, I'm to this day still not sure how anybody sees a cat asleep next to the register and the first thought is, is that cat dead? Why would someone keep a dead animal with them at the register? You never know. Well, it just I mean, isn't that's... attached. 
there's an attached pet store. Why wouldn't the pet store, if an animal died, like take it and dispose of it however it is, you know, veterinary offices dispose of it? Because, yeah. I mean, wouldn't you just, if an animal was sick and you had a vet attached to the pet store, why wouldn't you take it to the vet? And if it died, wouldn't it die at the vet? And wouldn't they deal with it? Yes. So, well, see, yeah, you're doing that all-important thing called thinking. That's something not a lot of people do, unfortunately. They see a cat laying there, and I guess he was in a really good deep sleep, and he probably just thought, oh, the cat must be dead, because he didn't really put much thought into it. Just seems a little Thank odd for a question, though, still. Yeah. Yeah, we have to love people, don't we? Yeah. Speaking of cats sleeping up underneath registers, I found I found out something really interesting in regards to my dog. What's that? Last week he got sick. Oh no. Well, he he, threw, he I think I left him outside a little too long and it was really really cold. I didn't think I left him out that long quite that long. But he came in. I went to go hook myself up to my ice machine and go back to work. I look over him, he's doing the kind of like, okay, I'm going to puke, and I'm going to puke on this carpeting unless you get your happy butt in here. <laughs> so I opened up the front door so he can go out, and he he got sick. He turns around, he looks up, he's in the doorway. There's plenty mm-hmm. of room for him to come back in the door. And he's just looking up at me kind of like, Mommy... <laughs> Turns right back around, unfortunately, once again, up checks a second time. And in the exact same spot. I ha- I have uh, to say that was that was quite smart. At least he didn't leave that much for me to clean up. But the moral of this story is he comes back in, I go to hook myself up and go back to work. And he's kind of like comes right up next to me. He's looking up at me, kind of like mommy, <laughs> and then proceeds to crawl up un- up underneath the table, mm-hmm. right where I work. So he's right up underneath the computer, and he keeps staring up at me, kind of like I want to be petted, but I've got work to do. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted your attention. Yeah, I think he was quite happy and content just to be sitting that close to me. <laughs> because I put my foot, because I always put, because there's like two um, cushions up underneath there, so you can put your feet up. Mm-hmm. So I put my feet kind of up, but they're on the bottom cushion. The next thing I know, he's putting one paw on top of my foot. Aww. And it's his back paw. His back paw? 
Fred, are you going to go get us pizza? So that's my version of of, of a pet being up up underneath a piece of work equipment. Aww. He looks so cute while doing it. <laughs> they, they are adorable when they just want attention. Yeah. You want to know what's cute? Hmm. I have the most adorable cannibal child ever. <laughs> <laughs> What did she do? Oh, last night she spent a good hour, hour and a half, trying to avoid going to sleep by attempting to bite my face and my head. What? (laughs) Wow. And laughing hysterically. (laughs) Like, apparently that was the funniest thing she's ever thought of, was attempting to bite me repeatedly in the face and on the head. Gracious. And the more I yelled stuff that hurts, the funnier she thought it was. <laughs> Eventually, Fred had to take her and pick her up, and then she got mad. Because <laughs> oh, she couldn't play her bite mommy game anymore. Yeah. Still, though, she's oh, the most dear. adorable little cannibal I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Dear, dear, dear. say something I completely forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, did you finally watch the Rainbow Rock movie? Yes, I did in two parts. Ah. <laughs> but you saw it. Yes. Wasn't the end awesome? I love the end because I was sitting there and thinking, you know, there's a human version of Pinkie Pie, Fluttershy, all of them. Where is the human version of Twilight Sparkle and the actual dog version of Spike? Yeah, you figured that doing science in a research lab. Yep. Yeah. Across town, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, she's. It was. It was great. And like, if you don't sit and watch the through the end of the credits, you'd never see that part. Yeah, and most people will actually skip the credits. Anything. You know, movies, TV shows. I am not that person. (laughs) Okay. I went um, 
when I had gone. I think I had went with some friends to see what was it? What was it that we saw? Um, the Princess Diaries two. Ah, Chris Pine. Yep. And I'd we'd sit and watched pretty much everything. But, of course, they wanted to leave as soon as the credits started. And I forget which scene it was that was on after, during the credits. Does anybody remember? Oh, no, I, I actually remember. didn't I see that. Again. <laughs> okay, one at a time. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't actually see that movie. The ladybug. Okay. Twilight I'd have, I'd have to watch it again. Yeah. Twilight Eclipse. Never knew about the part where the guys got the invitation. Not until my, my one guy friend actually took me to the movie. In which I have to say, it was his idea to go see the movie. Cool. <laughs> it wasn't me dragging him there. Well, he it said, does have Jonathan Rich Myers in it. Yeah. Well, he's got to watch it for that fact alone. Yeah. Well, he actually liked the book series, and he actually liked the movies. Hmm, what? What? I mean, talk about a great package right there. <laughs> I'm being smothered. Don't mind me. Oh, oh dear. What are you being smothered with? A baby. Ah. They do that. Yep, that they do. But was it me or was it funny as heck when Twilight was face-to-face I can't remember exactly what they were called anymore. The Sirens? Thank you. And she was totally like, you know, okay, let's get them, girls! Oh, I hated I hated that part. <laughs> oh, where so she does the friendship is magic thingy, and they just stand there and like nothing happens. It was so cheesy. <laughs> it was cheesy, but it was still funny. Cheese. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> Oh, that's just too funny. The person who controls whether or not you sleep in the bed. That's who I am. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of no, like the part I like where the shower she... attack the end. Oh, yeah, that was totally... The, the rainbow of light 
in alicorn form. May yep. I just say, may I just say, I made it first. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I that's, what I, that's what I thought when I saw it. I was like, look, it's me, she's Bonnie. <laughs> I just thought it was like, oh, cool. Oh, yes, there was lots of screaming and yelling and jubilation when I first saw it. Oh, my God! <laughs> you don't mess with the rainbow of light. <laughs> no. And I just loved how, you know, poor sun, 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 Sunset Shimmer. If you think about it and you look at her and you look at Discord, okay, mm-hmm. she is basically the Discord of the group. I want to I want to see what the the human world version of Discord looks like though. That would be cool. Oh yeah, that would be cool. But symbolically, she if you look at her, she is definitely the Discord of the group because she was the evil one who tried to take over everything. Yeah. They cured her of that. And said, now we're all friends. But she doesn't know her place as a friend. Well, she's a trope. Yeah. She's not a real character. Sunset Shimmer. Jeez, that's hard to say. Um, (laughs) She's not really a real character. She's a trope. She's a stereotype meant to be a plot device. She's your stereotypical antagonist that is reformed by the power of whatever goody-two-shoes thing the main characters have control of. She's essentially any of the Dark Moon family from Sailor Moon. Cassie, Birdie, Prisma, Avery. Ooh, moon healing oscillation. Oh, my gosh, I'm good now, and I totally see the error of my ways. (laughs) Boy, you say it like it's a bad thing. Is it a bad thing? It's a it's a bad thing in that it provides a false expectation of of how much people are actually capable of changing. Very few people who are that crazed and and stuff as she is or as characters like the Dark Moon family are ever 
really get better. You know, it's 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 like all the women who like fall in fall for the bad guy who's totally like a jerk and he does bad things and he's not a nice person. Oh, but the power of my love will make him see the error of his ways. Bull. It doesn't happen, ladies. You're delusional if you think it does. It does not happen. I am talking to every lady out there who is with someone who's not nice to her, who's mean to their family and friends, who goes around, you know, spending the money for rent on gambling and smoking or whatever it is they're spending the money on that isn't what it's supposed to be going to. The bad guys are just bad guys. You know, they're just, you're not, you're not going to change them with the power of your love. It doesn't happen, ladies. It would be nice if it did. It's really great if that was a realistic expectation. But it's not. Well, and it's it's also just a plot device that's used so much, and especially in um, kids' programs. And it's, I mean, I kind of like what they did with Sunset Shimmer in that, okay, yeah, she's good again, you know, she's good now, but she's still somewhat suffering from the consequences of what she did. Because while the main, I guess the main five, the the main five in that world have accepted her and they like her, you know, everybody else was, they didn't want to be around her, she was still evil, she was still, you know, up to something, and even when yeah, she they were... Went, even when she went and told Luna and Celestia about the sirens, they were like, oh, you're just doing this to take the heat off of you. Yeah, they're all basically just waiting for the other shoe to fall. Yeah. Well, see, and I do appreciate that, because that is basically what real life is like. Yeah, it is. And then when she tries to do something good... Unfortunately, she does it in a way that makes her look bad. Yeah. And then even even the girls, they're all like, well, you should have did this or you should have did that. Well, you know, see, I that makes... I, I kind of felt for her on that because... You know, I'm really good at, you know, being the person with good intentions and then watching it all backfire. I am really good at being that person. So I kind of felt for her, you know. It's just like, well, I had to do something and there didn't seem to be anything else to do. And, you know, it's, 
so I felt for her on that piece. I I also felt bad for her, you know, and everybody's like, they 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 surely don't want to desert another crazed lunatic trying to take over the school like what happened at the at the fall formal. No offense. Like the whole movie, like we were discussing. <laughs> and you know, on the one hand, it's clearly because in their mind, the sunset shimmer of the past isn't the sunset shimmer they know now. But at the same time, she's standing right there. Yeah, and they're they're totally just like this, 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 and then they stop. Like they realize that she is standing right there. And they look over at her kind of like, oh, we're sorry. No offense. Like, that's going to make it better. And in well, truth... as often as they do it, at some point, no offense begins to seem sarcastic. And I think at one point she feels like it is. Because it's kind of like, okay, if you don't mean any any offense, don't say it. Well, and it was kind of funny how gung-ho they were about getting Twilight back, and then Sunset Shimmer's right there. She could have helped out with a lot of, lot of the stuff that they were planning to do anyway, and then when they do get Twilight back, she has no clue what to do. She's got no yeah. answers. So they were all excited about having Twilight, and she couldn't do anything for them. And they were just sort of ignoring Sunset Shimmer. Yeah, that they well, were. and it's, it's, it's got to suck to be the person that everybody feels like, you know, they like you now, but you really don't have anything to contribute and even if you do contribute, they don't take it seriously. Position two, you know, like, oh, yeah, we like you just fine. But, you know, they never take any of your ideas seriously. They never ask you for help. Even when you offer help, they're like, no, no, that's fine. We'll just be over here doing it completely our way without any consideration to the fact that you might know what you're doing and could make this whole thing easier. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and and then Twilight was actually Twilight Sparkle irritated me a lot in in it because like I don't know, she went from being able to sing just fine in the first movie to being completely tone deaf in the second, all up until the very <laughs> end when she magically can sing again. Ah, stop it. That's mommy's windpipe, honey. <laughs> oh, my God. Phony baby, your mommy is not for eating. Yeah. Nor is she for squeezing. Are you okay over there? Oh, Yeah, you know, just 
just over here being objectified by a baby. <laughs> Toddler. Whatever. Oh, dear. <sighs> but, it, I mean, and the other thing is, like, obviously Twilight needed help. And I'm not sure where she got it into her idea that she had to be the one with all the answers. Yeah. Like, she does this periodically from time to time. She just, like, adopts all this responsibility that isn't actually hers. And then doesn't figure out what the problem is that she needs to accept help until the very end, which is irritating considering that Applejack had a whole episode early on in the My Little Pony series where... Yeah, that was like the third or second episode, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah some, the, the Apple Bucking Season episode. Or she she has to buck the whole orchard herself because um, Big Mac injured himself, and she refuses to ask for help, and she's still trying to go around help everyone, helping everyone else too. And she gets to a point where like she's distracted by shiny things, and like she sees her reflection <laughs> in that one trophy. She's like, "Woo! What the heck? Who dragged Applejack?" Yeah, I mean, but you've also got a figure in the pony world. Unfortunately, everybody looked to her to do everything. Well, that problem seemed to magnify in the uh, Equestria Girls world, where, I mean, the minute she was there, it was, how are you going to solve this problem, huh, 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 how are are you going to fix it? And is it just me, or the human versions of the ponies not quite as smart and not quite as nice? Yeah, they are not quite as smart and not quite as nice and not quite as self-assured. And I suppose that's because they're supposed to be high schoolers. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's, it's, it does make them seem out of character for parts. Because I just remember the one part where Fluttershy keeps mentioning a song that she had written, and Rainbow Dash just shoots it down like, nope, we're not going to do it, or we'll do it later, we'll do it later. And as much of a jerk as she can be in the regular show, she's not that mean to Fluttershy. Well, she's not normally mean to Fluttershy. She's been protecting Fluttershy since they were in Cloudsdale together. Yeah, so that I couldn't figure and, out. Yeah, so it... But you also it, have yeah, to it, it, figure... You have to also have to factor in being a teenager. 
Uh, that does make some people major jerks. Yeah. Yeah, my high school reunion, um, which, gosh, that was like five years ago now. But my high school reunion, my everybody who attended, even if we didn't get along in high school, we kind of all came together over the fact that we were all probably jerks in high school, either obnoxious or asinine or whatever. Only that's just part of being a teenager, and we're all better now. Yeah. You know, like, this one boy came up and said, said, you know, remember me, I'm so-and-so. The asshole. I'm like, I used to be Nicole, I used to be Nicole Lapp. I was obnoxious. I totally remember you. I totally remember you, too. How's it going? Yeah. um, I had the um, elementary school reunion. Well, it wasn't an official reunion. It was more like, if you can come, get your happy butt there. Okay. And it was mostly people when I was in school because I was the big girl. You know, I got picked on and I got made fun of a lot. And even when we were talking about doing this, I had a ton of people, you know, apologize to me about doing that. But when I got there, after everybody was like, Amy, what? why are you on credit? What, what, what happened? And it's like, dude, I told you guys I was going to be on crutches. <laughs> who, who, who here is taking the drugs? Because evidently it's not me. But anyway... <laughs> My point here is they were apologizing for how they acted. And there was a couple of guys who were, I mean, you know, you would think you would never want to talk to them, never want to deal with them. But I forgave them a long time ago. One of them walked in, said hi to everybody, and came up to me and gave me a big, huge apology and a big, huge hug. Aww. So, yeah, a lot of it has to do, I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, being kids, being teenagers. You are not the smartest person in the world. This is true. But you think you are, and that's part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah, you think you are the world's smartest person, but when in all reality, you, yeah, not not so much. So. Yeah, I think it was a real big, like, healing thing. And, like, you know when you see, like, movies about, high school reunions and everybody trying to, like, put on an act. And, like, no one was like that at mine. I guess because the economy sucked so bad and has for a while that, like, people are like, dude, you working? And they'd be like, yeah, but it's, like, part. I'm working, like, three part-time jobs. And people are like, no, good for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I had a job at Intel and they laid me off. And I'm like, ah, oh, dude. Sucks, man. Yeah. <laughs> that was, 
you know, it was because we had, we had turned into grown-ups and we weren't we didn't have a high school mentality anymore. We we were totally aware of what was going on in the real world at that point, you know, and how hard it was and you know, we all, you know, a lot of us were married, some of us had kids and being out of work when you're married with kids <laughs> yeah. It's you know. So it was it was really cool. And I think maybe one of the reasons why teenagers insist that their parents don't understand what they're going through is because as we grow up we move past the old you know, high school mentality and the grudges and the whatnot, assuming everything goes well. (laughs) Not everybody grows up, but most people do. And so, you know, but when you're a teenager in the thick of it and your moms and dads are telling you, you know what, someday you will look back at this and you won't care at all. You understand. Well, no, they do, but we just can't understand that that's even possible at that point. And then you get to be an adult, and you're like, oh. So you do move on and don't care anymore. (laughs) So I made a big fuss for nothing. Well, damn, that was time wasted. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, when you're a teenager, you don't. You don't realize that's what you're doing. You know? Well, what's the saying about hindsight? How it's always 2020? Yeah. It's so much easier to assess a situation when you're not in it anymore. And that's just unfortunately something you got to grow out of or grow up from or something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's... So that might account for the characters, Equestria girls seeming so different, because they're grown-ups in Equestria. Yeah. You know, they have jobs. They, you know, they're old enough they could be, you know, out getting married if, if that was their thing, you know. But it's just, you know, for whatever reason, Hasbro decided that Equestria Girls had to be set at a high school. Still not entirely sure why a high school, but I suppose it's just because it's the easiest way to get all the characters in a localized spot. Yeah. Where they all show up every day. And are forced to interact with each other. Yeah. And you have to figure, if they would have went younger, it would have made no sense. Well, like, I would have liked them to have gone gone older, be in college, or working at the same place. But, you know, they wanted Twilight to have a library to sleep in, and... I guess they felt that high school would be more relatable than college, probably. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, because Hasbro unfortunately, needs with, to give up on the target demographic. It's not working. I don't even think they have a target and demographic anymore. Well, no, they do now. That target demographic is bronies. I don't know. I I don't know why they pretend that any of the merchandise, whether it be playable toys, plushes, or whatever, are for anything other than bronies. There are more plushies of Octavia and Derpy than there are of the other characters. Yeah. I will call her either Dipsy Doo or I will call her Derpy Hoofs, but I will not call her Muffins or Bubbles. Because to me, Bubbles is a yellow pony with turquoise hair. And that great Pegasus has nothing to do with muffins anyway. Yeah. But um, was it me or was it funny as all heck when they were trapped and they were trying to get out? And Spike, oh, it's like Spike opens up the door and is looking up at him, kind of like, "Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to save the day." And everyone's looking at him, kind of like, "What the heck are you waiting for, dude?" <laughs> well, you know, and I, I don't know, I don't know if I ever pointed this out on the show, but I was telling my husband one day about what what purpose Spike serves in the show. Why is Spike there? He's the assistant. Well, that's what he functionally is as a character, but what he really is, is he is the perspective of every guy that watches the show that isn't a brony. Much of the things he finds funny... Much of the things he says is commentary on what the ponies are doing or the situation they're in. You know, so if they're off on an adventure that he doesn't care about, it's probably because a a guy that isn't into ponies also probably wouldn't care about that adventure they're on. Yeah. You know, he would rather be in, like, uh, winter wrap-up. That was a really girly episode. Yeah. Everybody wore matching team jackets, and you made nests for birds, and there was ice skating. Most guys are going to be bored to tears by that. (laughs) And Spike's thing was, actually, I think I can hear my blanket calling. Spike, Spike, come back to bed. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Or in the first Equestria Girls movie where, like, the rest of the student body finally hears Spike talk and they're like, whoa, did that dog just weird? And Spike says, really? The talking dog is the weirdest thing about all this? (laughs) (laughs) All this that has gone on. Really? (laughs) Yeah, a, 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 a member of the student body just turned into a winged demon, controlled everybody's mind, 
and it was blasted by some more members of the student body who all grew pony t- pony ears, and their hair like grew out and magically turned into, you know, tails. And yet you're but, concerned about the talking dog. No, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> and and three of them sprouted wings. Mm. Oh, yep, yep, the wings. That's right. And yet the talking dog. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's, to me, I feel like Spike is there for every boyfriend whose girlfriend likes the show who is stuck watching the show but will never be a brony. Yeah. He is he is the voice of the And baby just threw a full water bottle at me. Oh jeez. Yeah, he's he is the voice of the the, the average Joe, the regular guy. Spike's favorite, like, the the time Spike has gotten most excited in any episode is either when it involves, like, the Iron Pony contest. (laughs) Yay, sports. Uh (laughs) About food. Yeah, oh, the Equestria Games, the Iron Pony competition, anything having to do with him getting food or presents or his crush (laughs) on the pretty girl. Yep. Spike is the everyman. And and if you notice, because of that, most bronies don't like him. And that's a shame because Spike is so awesome. I love Spike. Honestly, I have to say, Spike is my favorite character out of all of Friendship is Magic. Mine too. My... My favorite pony is Princess Luna, but and then followed by Pinkie Pie and Rarity. But my absolute favorite characters are Discord and Spike. <laughs> well, Discord's especially cute. Yeah, I know. Discord cute. I don't, and, and it makes Discord totally makes sense to me because. Absolutely, Q can go into the pony world because he's Q. And he's gotten bored with the the Star Trek universe, and now he's moved into another one where he can torture <laughs> people, particularly people who seem to have authority, because that's what Q does. Well, yeah. he probably can't pick on Picard anymore, and the last time he teased Cisco, he hit him. <laughs> and Janeway just and ignores he- him. So, well, Janeway is now his his son's godmother. So, who calls her Aunt Kathy? Yes, <laughs> which is adorable. It, I loved those episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but see, I just love how in Equestria Girls, most of the traits of the ponies crossed over. Yeah. Well, it was still Fluttershy was still the the animal person, and um, Applejack and 
Rainbow Dash, we're still really competitive with each other, but sort of in a friendly way. And everybody yeah. was still pretty much the same. Except for Celestia and Luna. Yeah. Because there is no way in Equestria either one of those two would have come under the power of the sirens. Oh, yeah, because in Equestria, they they had had their own... um, they had had their own alicorn magic, and they never would have fallen for it. And I guess right. because in this Equestria world, they're just in in the Equestria girls' world, they're just supposed to be regular humans. That they have well, yeah, no magic. Yeah. The, the, so, well, in like in Equestria, there is no way that Luna and Celestia would have let Sunset Shimmer go unchecked like that. Right. You know, the pictures of Sunset Shimmer in Celestia's office where she goes from, like, winning her first crown to, like, becoming crazed after, like, the sixth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That wouldn't have happened. Like, Celestia would have been like, whoa, you need to calm down. <laughs> yeah. And... And yet, she's um, it's almost like Celestia is oblivious to Sunset Shimmer's issue. And, yeah. Yeah, so the most disappointing characters for me in the Equestria Girls movies are Luna and Celestia because they're... There's no trace of their original character except for the fact that they're in leaders, leadership positions that can that can't be questioned. Yeah. And that's you know, about like, it. You know, in the first Equestria Girls movies, you know, like Twilight goes in and talks to Celestia, and Celestia's like, "And my door's always open, Slam." <laughs> that would never be the real princess. Celestia. She would never do that, especially not to Twilight. No. But the real Celestia is a thousand years old, and this human version, there's no possible way she could possibly be that old. To have gained enough wisdom to not be that abrupt. Right. But yeah, I I was thrilled to see the sea ponies again, even though they were evil. And it actually made sense to me in a way because the sea ponies always kind of had, I don't know, even in the original, they had that mischievous sort of flair for the dramatic. Yeah, oh, oh, we're going to reach you up to the surface in a bubble. Oh, no, we're pushing you back down. (laughs) We're going to reach you towards the throne. Oh, no, not there either. Gotcha. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they were, but they were never this bad. And it's nice to see that because you are used to the, you know, I hate to say it like this, goody two-shoes, mischievous, I'm not, I can't think of the word I'm thinking of. 
They're impish. But yeah. they're not evil most of the time. Most of the time, they're like overly dramatic cherubs, in a way. Yep. Like they would do no, something and say, then laugh later and go, teehee, we were just messing with you. Yeah, exactly. But to, to see them go full board like evil and have it make sense mythologically, because in mythology, the sirens were mermaids. They yep. would use their their song to lure people to their doom. So, of course, in the pony world, the sirens are sea ponies. And they use their song to lure people to their doom. But I also um, love the fact that they had to use something in order to gather that energy and in order to use it. Because as soon as those jewels were destroyed, I swear to God, they were so out of tune. Oh, <laughs> oh no, the gemstones, yeah. <laughs> they went from beautiful voices to sounding like, yeah, you need like several cough drops and like half a dozen singing lessons. <laughs> well, not, and not, you know, not to say that I haven't sounded like that before when I've had choir practice and a cold, but <laughs> help. See, so, yeah, I start. I started to sound like that after a trip to Six Flags Great America. I screamed so much, I strained my voice. <laughs> I did sound like that one time after a baseball game. Yep. Because of the same reason. Yeah. I usually sound and like you- that after a good a good TSO concert. <laughs> oh. I mean, fortunately, my our um, our music teacher loved that because I had such a strong voice for singing that, and I was I was what they called a high soprano, which mm. there's very few people that can hit those notes it's at true. that sort of a pitch. So there was only about three of us in that group. And I had such a strong voice that most of the time, the other two girls would just fake it. (laughs) You could drown out the other two very easily, huh? Yeah. And one day she actually told me, you know what, do me a favor. What's that? Don't sing. I was like, what do you mean? What did I do wrong? No, I don't want you to sing today. But why? I didn't do... No, no, no. You didn't do anything wrong. I want to see something. (laughs) (laughs) I to see if the other two were still paying attention, huh? Basically. And then, you know, when it came to the high soprano's turn to sing... They both kind of looked up back at me, kind of like, why aren't you singing? 
<laughs> and yeah, they totally got caught. Oh. <laughs> and I just kind of held up my hands, kind of like I didn't do it. <laughs> I am innocent of all charges. Well, has anybody else noticed that the idea of bronies and, I hate this word, Pegasisters, is becoming so common that it's showing up in other shows now? Yeah. Oh, do you do you want to drift into that section right now? Yeah, we probably should. Okay. I haven't gotten a chance to watch the the episode that you emailed me the link to, so you're going to have to tell me kind of what happened. Oh, don't worry, because there was a lot of parts that were cut out that I'm going to have to inform you guys about. Basically, what had happened was I was on I was on Facebook, and there, yes, there are some times when I actually look at my wall and I look at all the feeds. It's not very often because squirrels. <laughs> Vicodin squirrels, gotcha. Yeah, they'll, they'll, no, actually, any medication squirrels these days, <laughs> they'll run up with, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll run up with a sign, and then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm looking in that direction. Well, yeah. So anyway, moving on. I, I came upon a feed about, you know, there were ponies on Storage Wars. And, you know, I always made the comment to my mother that you will never see a true collector, A, have their ponies in a storage unit, B, have them go up for auction because they will make either make sure that bill is paid or clear that collection out of there. That's true. Because... That that is a very big investment. So when I saw that, I like instantly went on to my on-demand to try and find the episode. Unfortunately, they weren't logging all the episodes. So yesterday, my mother and I were sitting there. I actually took the weekend off. And we were looking for stuff to watch. Pulled up Storage Wars. And I just, you know, was like glancing through, and I'm looking at all the different um, descriptions, and the description caught my eye, and it said that, oh God, I can't remember what his name is, but Jared, Jared and, thank you, Jared and Brand, Bradley, Brandy, thanks mom. And found that friendship is magic and profitable. So, of course, instantly, that's the episode. Pull it up, start watching it. Now, first thing off the bat, this is either not a true collector or a brony collector who's just grabbing anything they can find. Because out in the open, 
exposed to everything, not wrapped up at all, was a big, huge Pinkie Pie that I have never seen. And it was a stuffed Pinkie Pie. Um, the I can't hear you at all. Are you still there? Yeah. Oh, can you hear okay. me now? Yeah, we can hear you yeah. now. Okay. So big stuffed but, Pinkie Pie that you've never seen before. That was the last I heard. Yeah. What? Okay, I can't hear you again. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Now don't move. <laughs> okay. Big stuff pinky we'll pie that you've never seen before. Hold on one second. Well, oh, Mr. Your mic. Do you want me to close my door or not? <laughs> Anyway, um, not wrapped or anything, kind of like tossed into the unit. Okay. First of all, if that is a true piece of merchandise, it's probably not very easy to get. Because I Googled to try and find that plushie. I cannot find that plushie anywhere. I strongly suspect that it is a fan-made commission. Yeah. From one of the many people who are very gifted at making custom plushies. And putting it, because a lot of people say, well, there's a tag on there. You can buy the equipment to put a tag on a onto a piece of merchandise. Well, and they never show you the bottom of the foot or the tag. So there's no, no way to know if it's really a tag or if there's really a mark on the bottom of the foot. Exactly, to actually denote whether or not it's actually true My Little Pony. But then the second thing is when they pull out this huge Tupperware container, which, yes, is traditional to go ahead and pack up your ponies into Tupperware. Not Tupperware, but um, Rubbermaid. Rubbermaid. Tub. Well, they pull that out. They pull off the top. First of all, there is only like three pieces of bubble wrap on the top. Yeah. And then you have... That's not how you drink that. Oh, dear. Why is it when I give her an actual baby bottle... She never catched it up high enough to get anything out of it. But if I give her a cup with a straw, then she tips it. (laughs) I unfortunately couldn't tell you. (laughs) She just wants to be, I don't know, she just wants to do it her own way. Yeah, just wants to be different. But anyway, um, the ponies, the way they were packed in, they were thrown in the box. Well, and they had they had mint in box ones, like, on the top and loose ones on the bottom. 
which is never the way yeah. anybody would ever actually package, like, for storage. Because you want to yeah. keep the mint and box ones flat so that the box doesn't get damaged, you know, and typically stuff like that. You, you wouldn't. And typically you wouldn't put them all together. You would put, you know, the boxed ones in one and then the loose ones in a different one. Or you would have, you would at very least have a a layer or two of bubble wrap separating the two so that the loose ones weren't, you know, poking their feet and their ears and whatever into the packaging of your mint and box ponies. Yeah. And then the other thing is that mo- most of, pretty much all the ponies in that box were G3. Yeah. And yet when they took it to the appraiser, he's like, oh, for this whole Tupperware thing and the, the big giant Pinkie Pie, oh. the whole lot would be $875. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We're getting ahead of ourselves here. Okay. Because there's a whole part that they did not even put onto that clip. Oh, see, I only watched that one clip. And that's unfortunately the only clip I can find online to give you guys. Um, Brandy was all hung hung gung-ho about bronies, 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 bronies. Okay, like that's, that's who they were going to sell all this to and get all the money from, I guess. Yeah. And instead of actually looking for a collector, they went to a brony. They walked into this shop, and all you saw was, you know, G4 stuff all over the place. He's wearing a dorky shirt, and I will say it's dorky, that says, Friendship is Magic. I mean, just put a huge sign on the door that says, Brony here. Okay. And Brandy asks about, you know, the whole Brony thing, and he says, well, male fans of My Little Pony... Doesn't say My Little Pony friendship is magic, just says My Little Pony are called bronies. Women are called Pegasisters. I am sorry, I am a collector. I am a collector and a customizer. I am not a Pegasister. Do not lump me with that crazy, insane group. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't like the fact that the new shows are just concerned with the the new fans. I mean... Yeah, I, I guess I am grateful that there are new fans, that it's keeping the franchise alive, that there are some positive aspects to it. But, I, I mean, I'm with you and Nishi. I don't want to be called a Pegasister. That's not how I identify 
myself. I'm I'm a collector and a customizer. I like the new show, but yeah. I also like the old generation. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, that goes along with, you know, the whole I mean, I I hate to say it like this, the whole Trekkie phenomenon. You're going to have yeah. to uh, let I mean, we do not need a label. We have been happy being called collectors for how many years now? 30. Yep. 31. 30. Somewhere somewhere between 30 and 31. Yeah. We'll just summarize okay. a long time. There you go. Okay. That was the first thing that irked me. Because the Pegasister, the Brony thing, that is all friendship is magic. Okay. Granted, yeah, there are some collectors that, yeah, want to be called that. That is fine. Do not lump everyone in there because you know what? There are a lot of collectors and customizers that don't like that. There are well, a lot of. Yeah, I, I remember this. There's still that huge confusion about where the term brony came from. It is not a combination of the word bro or brother and pony. It comes from the fact that on an online forum, a very ill-reputed online forum called B-Chan, or 4chan, 4chan, there was threads starting to pop up about the new show. Yeah. And 4chan probably shut them down, and so they moved to 4chan B. So it from the B boards, and they took the B from that and re- and and meshed it with pony, and they needed another letter in there because otherwise it would have been bony, and that would have sounded worse. Yeah. And, and so it became brony. It had nothing to do with you know being brothers in unity and all that crap. No, especially not with how a good portion of them act. I mean, I when he said that, I was just kind of like sitting there going, excuse me? I don't think so. Okay. And he claims that the big stuffed Pinkie Pie is a European exclusive. Okay. Really? Because I don't recall there, seeing it on the boards at all. No, because even, um, because I Googled it, and it came up in Arena Post about, you know, the episode. And we all know that there are a ton of people from Europe on the arena. Oh, absolutely. And none of them said they had ever seen it. Okay. Uh, it may have been a promotional piece at a European trade show, but that doesn't make it a European. Another thing, he started going through 
And he really didn't even go through the entire Tupperware thing. He pulls out a minty that is Generation 3, 25th anniversary, with the 3D symbol. Ooh. Okay. First of all, bronies, Pegasisters, to them, G3 does not exist. G2 does not exist. G1 does not exist. The only thing that exists is Friendship is Magic in their little world. Yeah, the only G1 that exists are ones that have been mentioned in the show. I don't know how many of you have been, like, on some of the My Little Pony groups on Facebook, but here's to to give you a clue of how bronies are valuing G1s versus G3s. Someone will say, I'm only interested in trades. Here's my my point list, and here's my trade list. And they're offering G3 ponies, not even mentioned box G3 ponies, but just common everyday G3 ponies. And they're wanting Twilight and Firefly and Posey and anything that might have some connection to G4. I've I've seen a lot of them asking for Rainbow Pony Flutterby. She's on the cover of one of the My Little Pony comics. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I found that comic and I got it and I was terribly disappointed because at no point are any of those ponies that are on the cover in the story at all. Yeah, well. Even preview. Yeah, I saw the preview for that cover. Yeah, it's there to get people who like the G1s to buy the comic because they know that most of us who have been who are in the G1, probably aren't the demographic that's buying the My Little Pony Friendship is Magic comics. Yeah. Well, it's also the same thing with the debacle with the uh, Firefly. They showed a recreation of G1 and gave us G Blah. Like that's a not even a G. Yeah. That's not a G. That's like one of those weird foreign letters with like weird signs over the top of them. Exactly. So then, I said he picked it up, and he goes, "This one is about fifteen dollars." Really, a loose G three minty with the three D symbols. No, she was in the box. Oh, okay, in the box. Not really sure about that one. No. I cannot see the G3 ponies that were just pre-Core 7 being that expensive because at that point it was Malibu Stacy 
coming into Malibu Stacy with a different hat. Well, Minty, maybe, but that would have been like the only one in that box that I could see anybody paying a substantial amount for. Right. Because it's Minty. Because then he picks up Core 7. Definitely Malibu Stacy with a new hat because it was one of the dress-up ones. Rainbow mm-hmm. Dash and then goes, this one would be worth more because it's Ra- Rainbow Dash and she's really popular. According to every single brony, that Rainbow Dash is not the real Rainbow Dash. Simply because... She doesn't have wings, so therefore she is not the real Rainbow Dash. Well, not only she doesn't have wings, but she says Darling, and she's a fashionista. Yeah. She goes everything that G4 people like about G4 Rainbow Dash. Yep. So, I and then I was just sitting there going, okay, you... You do not. You do not have a clue. Someone needs to buy you a clue, and even then, Maybe I don't think you would have a clue. Huh? Maybe someone can sell a clue. He seems to be buying worthless stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then he, and then she, Brandy asks about the symbols. Okay. And he gives a complete G4 explanation. Because in G4, there was a reason behind your cutie mark. Your cutie mark defined who you were going to be when you grew up, basically. And what your role is... Well, yeah, it was the equivalent of Tinkerbell's glowing hammer. Yeah. You show up, or you do, you walk around a little bit, and suddenly something glows, and boom, you have a destiny. Okay. Which in G three, it didn't have. They didn't really have any rhyme or reason to the symbols, which I loved. Because you got, you know, Jade Green, you got the psychedelic, um, what's that thing called, tie-dye symbol. Yeah. And Brandy had picked up that one, and she made a, she made a, she made a comment about riding around in one of those hippie vans. Well, that was that the cool one thing here. about the G3 ponies is that, you know, if you're a kid and you had this this toy pony and you had a cool symbol on it, you could kind of make up your own story about the symbol on the pony. Yep. Well, yeah, up until G4, G4 is the first time that the symbol on the butt determined who the character was. <clears throat> I mean, tell me, exactly what is Snuzzle Destiny? To snuzzle with everybody? He's a lovey-dovey pony, I guess. 
there you okay, go. Okay, you can't tell based on her symbol. She's got a cutesy right. name, but she was a, a, a toy designed for little girls. And yep. she's got hearts because they're cheap and easy to put on a pony. Yep. Yeah, because Peachy has you know. the same symbol. And at that time, they were still kind of testing the waters with the ponies. You know, and then, you know, come G2, at least in the United States, the pony symbols were fairly uh, literal. Ivy yeah. had Ivy. You know, uh, what, what's her name? Sundancer or whatever? Had yeah, Sundance. Sun. Yeah. Um, it was very literal, you know. Clever yep. Clover had, had Clover. Clover. It was very literal. And G3 went back to that, you know, let's have fun with these symbols, you know, you and they gave them a little bit of a character. You They threw Kimono in there, who is definitely, you know, representative of, you know, an Asian pony. The same thing with Jade Green, like, several years later. Okay. But the thing that irked me there was his answer to to Brandy's comment about, you know, the van. He goes, yep. (laughs) And it's like, I'm sitting there staring at him, kind of like, you don't know what you are talking about. You are a moron. You need to be shot. Well, see, and I don't think he was a real brony. Like, I think he was pretending to be a brony, but I, I think he was an actor who was dressed like what they assume bronies dress like. With only the roughest Maybe. idea of, A, what, bony, what bronies actually think about a, their show, and B, any show that isn't their show. Yeah. <clears throat> no, Brony wants Moondancer because Moondancer isn't in the show. Brony right. don't want Firefly because Firefly is now canon, according to them, because she was mentioned in the show. Even though Moondancer was also mentioned, she, was only, she wasn't mentioned in as cool of a way. Yeah, well. You know, Firefly is the creator of the Wonderbolts now. I mean, it's you know, just. Um, I mean, fr- the the creators of Friendship is Magic, they are trying to bring back the collectors. Okay, you have Firefly, which is G one. You have Sun Sun Sunset Shimmer, which was a G three mail order exclusive. You so, have Clever Clover, who was a G2. You have yep. Star Swirl, who was a G3. Yeah. I mean, they are trying to draw back the collectors. Unfortunately, what they're creating are monsters in regards to generation that has come before G3. Well, because, like, I just restored a Firefly. I'm betting I can put it on 
my Etsy account and sell it for at least 10 bucks because it's Firefly. Yep. I shouldn't be able to sell Firefly for that much because no. it's Firefly. Don't get me wrong. I love Firefly. She is my all-time me. favorite Pegasus. She was my first Pegasus. But be that as it may, she was kind of common. You know, well, she's, yeah. she's not... She's not Locket. Well, and they the, made a couple different versions of her too. But the one version yeah, was, is a little bit harder to get. Yeah, movie movie Firefly maybe, but regular yeah. first wave Firefly. Not but so I much. would be able to sell her. And unfortunately. She will probably go to a brownie. Yep. And unfortunately, we'll probably end up in a storage unit and auctioned off because they really don't care. The only thing they care about is, hey, look at this. I've got this one. I mean, I was actually reading on the post on the arena. You know, if that was my unit, that Pinkie Pie would have been pulled out of that unit. That box would have been pulled out. Or at the very least. I mean, again, like you said, that plush Pinkie Pie was just kind of sitting in there under a bunch of stuff. Yep. No brony would ever have that giant plush Pinkie Pie and keep it in a storage unit, especially not under a pile of stuff. It would be, you know, at least wrapped in plastic and put on the top because it's an actual G4, and that's what bronies care about. Yep. But also, no collector would leave it like that. A collector, it would be in its own Rubbermaid container. Yeah, the, the I mean, yeah, it just, it was a very unbelievable situation to me. Like, I think they did it simply to get ratings because bronies and male fans of My Little Pony are still that risque thing. Yeah. You know? And go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate that these shows who really don't know anything about the fandom aren't even doing their research before putting this stuff on TV because it, it, it gives a lot of false information about the fandom itself, you know, because, like I said, the guy who was supposed to be the brony that they took it to never would have valued a whole tub of G3s at eight seventy five. Because bronies don't give a dang about the G3s. No. You know, know I'm and they haven't started saying that, you know, G4 is actually G1. To them, 
Well, that's the thing is is you and I both saw from Bronies Watch G three. Bronies react. Oh. Bronies Watch G three. We've seen that they they talk about the G three show like I don't know. Someone took the TARDIS and went back in time. And, and and mutilated their precious G fours. Yep. It's and kind of like you just... got to explain how numbers work. Yeah. You know, and by by calling them adult fans of My Little Pony instead of adult fans of Friendship is Magic, it really makes it seem like everybody who likes any kind of My Little Pony is the same. The bronies have been liking the show for as long as some of us who actually are fans of My Little Pony. And it's yep. just not true. Once this no. fad dies out, and it will, as all fads must, the real collectors who have been collecting for the last 30 years are going to be the ones who are buying the merchandise and keeping the line alive. Yeah, right now Hasbro is making a profit off of all the people who are jumping on the Brony bandwagon. But when it's no longer popular because another new show came out, they're going to drop ponies and they're going to go to whatever that new thing is. Yep. If, if it, like, for example, if they made an animated version of Doctor Who, there's there's there isn't an animated version of Doctor Who, but there's a fan made opening for what could be an animated version of Doctor Who. And if they actually made an animated version of Doctor Who and it aired on TV, I'm guessing at least half of the bronies would jump ship and start watching Doctor Who. Yep. And also, price. That was quoted on the show. Okay. Well, it's and it's then funny think because. About, go ahead. Then think about all the prices that you've been seeing on eBay. G threes are not even in the top ten. Um, they are this week. Oh, well, great. This week. Maybe that show had something to do with it. Because now every jerk-off who found some ponies in their attic, who saw Storage Wars, thinks they're sitting on a gold mine now. Well, the, well a lot uh, of not the top ten, but they are close. A lot of the things with Storage Wars is that, because uh, my boyfriend and I used to watch it all the time, is their prices are all over the place with stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know if, if it's like they're, because they have a different price range in that part of the country, or well, yeah, the experts are just inflating the prices. But at least most everybody else actually goes to a real expert. Okay. Brandy and Jared just thought, Brony, that's exactly where they went. 
And again, I'm saying that's not a real brony. That's an actor that they hired. Yeah, even still, they went in the brony direction, is what I'm saying. Oh, well, yeah. Because that no nobody cares about us who've been collecting for 30 years. We're not the the hot button issue, because most of us who've been collecting for 30 years are girls. There yeah. were one or two boys afraid to collect, but mostly it was us girls. So that's okay. We're not a hot button issue. Bronies, male collectors, are the issue. They're they going are, to get brady. Get bronies watching the, the show. They're going to get people who hate bronies watching the show. Yep. But here's the thing: bronies are not actual collectors. Some of them are. Oh. A very small number of them, maybe five percent, and maybe I'm being too generous there. But ninety-five percent of bronies, all they are doing is following whatever fad is out right now. Well, or they have their one pony that they like, and if they buy merchandise, it's just going to be that one pony, and it's probably right. not going to. The playable toys, it's probably going to be the Funko vinyls or the Funko Pops. You know, it's not going to be, you know, the brushable rainbow dash with the frilly hat from the tea party set. Yeah. yeah. And they're not going to keep it in tin box. They're going to take it out and no. display it and show it off to all their friends. I, it was just like uh, the first, the very first um, convention after the show aired, and the Bronies first started. Okay, I'd been to three conventions at that point. Okay. If you 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 could tell which ones were the bronies because they were the ones that were hanging out in the corners, not socializing with anybody, not looking at anything that was being sold, and about the only reactions they got were when they won all of the raffles for all of the G4 cutouts that were displayed. Well, and again, mm. like, like ponies, when they collect pony stuff, it's not general pony stuff. It is very, very specific. Yep. But even collectors will sometimes go with the specific stuff. Um, people who have the armies. Well, yeah, but they don't just have armies. No. And that's the difference. Yep. A brony will have an army of one or two characters, and that's it. If it's anything else, they will try to trade it. For another thing to add to their arms of one to two characters. 
So, but that brings us into our eBay discussion because, as I said, it used to be that you know, Ladybird was the most expensive on eBay. There may be a couple of times when there was something that was even more expensive than her. But it was still probably a Nirvana. Yeah. Now, it's insane. Okay. Um, from starting from the most expensive going down, all the way down to Ladybird, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, which is G1s, G2s, and G3s, three. 23, I believe. Okay. 24, 25, 26, 27, 28. There are almost 30 items that are above and beyond Ladybird. Wow. Okay. Some of these are items that, as I had said before, they are still going to be on there week after week. And to start off, we have one item that is brand new. It is a My Little Pony 1 through 18 micro series. 1 through 10 Master Variant Set Larry's Jetpack. I I don't even know what these things are. Um, those are the Friendship is Magic comics. Okay. They they actually they have variant covers for the comics, and there are certain retailers like um, Hot Topic and Larry's Comics or Jetpack or whatever the name of that company is, that they got special variant covers. Well, I am sorry. It doesn't even... Holy cow. I mean, there are some comic book collectors that will pay quite a lot for a rare variant cover. Um, My boyfriend and I dealt in comics and actually still do, kind of, when we had a table down at the flea market and a variant cover of a certain title can go for quite a lot. But unless it's um, what's called slabbed and graded, which is where it's been sent to a professional and they've looked through every little detail on the comic and said, yes, I would grade it at this, and then they put it in a piece of plastic that you cannot remove it from, it's not worth like thousands of dollars by itself. 
Yeah, well, this person... $1,999.99. Well, somebody might pay that, but it's not going to be me. Mm-mm. I am guessing this will be, once again, one of those items that we will see week to week. Well, what do you guys say? Probably, unless somebody that has to have those variant covers snaps it up right now. So, and they're claiming they have all three variants on some things, all two variants on some things. It doesn't even say how many are actually in this lot. Well, that's always distressing because then, you know, they can send one and be like, I never said you'd get all three. Yeah. You should have read it better. You should have asked. But yeah, that's that one. Uh, up next on the list is, as I had said before, Mint on card, My Little Pony, claiming ultra rare German Cherry's Jubilee is still on the list. Still there. And I think it might have gone down in price because it's $1,804.32. Another one that is still on the list. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, well, see, and that sort of thing amuses me because why would you pay that much for supposedly an official that isn't even going to be show accurate when you can spend a fraction of that to hire a customizer to make you a show accurate one-of-a-kind of that pony that you want. You know, I just don't get why I would spend that much on something that they didn't have to spend that much money on to get. What thing are you talking about? The Cherry's Jubilee thing. Nearly $2,000. That's a G1. Oh, wait, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's the G1 Nirvana, isn't it? You want $2,000 for a G1? $1,804.32. This is the one that I said this is just one of those people that evidently went and found a bunch of ponies. This, again, is Paradise Auction item. Well, 
my laptop for this because I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> Nobody sticks with my laptop. And drawn on the screen again. Did she do that to the new one or the old one? The new one. Oh, no. Oh, jeez. You need to keep that thing away from her. Well, now I keep it in the kitchen because that is ironically safer than where the baby can get to it. Yeah, typically the new one you want to keep out of reach of the child. Okay, if you go onto Facebook, I sent you a link. that should send you directly to the same search I did. Because, remember, I just open up eBay, and I always just put in my little pony in the search. I don't put in G1. I don't put in G2. I don't put in G3. I just put in my little pony, because that will pull up everything from everywhere off the entire website. What bird am I here? And then I always sort it highest first. It's not well, shipping plus highest first. It is just simply highest first. Well, I'm waiting for my laptop to cast the screen. Now we're in black screen. Hello. Crap. Oh, there it is. See if you can do this without freezing. You ridiculous waste of plastic. baby drawing on it. I suspect that my uh, computer's one month free trial of Norton has expired. So I should probably get another antivirus thing on there. Might be a good idea. Okay. Oh, we're in Ponies After Dark, everyone. Yeah. Oh, yay! 
And apparently we have been for about six minutes. Yeah. Well, that just snuck up on us. The speed of Tinker is never bored. Oh, wait, Tinkerbell's on in the living room. Okay. So, I'm seeing the comic variant for nearly two episodes. The Fairy Jubilee Minton Park for eight minutes. A uh, vintage Greek Are you right? minty baby. So, yeah, I'm yeah, up now. Okay, that one's been on there for a while now, too. And that one's at $1,781.97. That, again, is one of those ones that's been on there for a while. And I again predict that it will stay on there for a while at that price. Up next, we have a new one. That is My Little Pony Fashion Style Derpy. The um, exclusives from the San Diego Comic-Con. Luna, Fluttershy, DJ, Candace, Shining Armor. For $1,300. Mm. Now, were all the rest of those also the fashion style size? No, most of them are normal size. Yep. There's a white, you know, there's a white talking Celestia. There's a plastic vinyl um, DJ Pony. There's the Year of the Dragon. Pinkie Pie, or Chinese New Year Pinkie Pie, whatever. There's yeah. a Talking Moon. There's a pony that I can't see, but I'm assuming it's Luna. There's a fashion style. I mean, there's fashion styles in there. I'm still not seeing the Derpy, though. Oh, wait, no, no, that's not it either. That's, um, Decora. Derpy's not in here. Hold on, because there are a lot of separate photographs. I'm looking. Yeah, she's in here. No. Yeah, she's in here. You have to move over and get into the second set of images. It's the second image. She's there. That one that I couldn't see is that weird chrysalis with the sock. So, but, yeah. $1,300 for G4 ponies. Yeah. Really? I mean, yeah, some of them are from San Diego. But really, nobody really liked them enough then. It, it sounds... 
I like the next one, although I'm amused by it. Oh, wait. There's another one that's been on, on eBay for a while. Is the vintage Hasbro My Little Pony G1 original packaging artwork supposedly rare from Greco. For again, another one thousand three hundred dollar. It's the top of a puzzle box lid. Yep. They've mounted. Yep. But hey, if that's all it takes, I'll do puzzle box lid. Yeah, no kidding, ain't it? <laughs> Up next is a new one. It is. Oh no! Wait, this one's been on here for a while too. Uh, My Little Pony Trading Cards Series One Complete Set. According to them, it's all promos. Well, yeah, there's a there's Nightmare Moon set, which has been up there for a while. That one. And that's, that's, and that one's an, a Toys R Us exclusive that they probably still have in stores. They do. I am sorry, $1,149.99 for something. You can probably go to the store and get it for about 20 bucks. I think you can buy it at Toys R Us online. Yeah. So, uh, next one after that is a My Little Pony trading card collection. Unfortunately, they did not give that much information in the actual thing, so you actually have to select in there. Uh, complete collection series one, uh, nearly complete series two. Individually, the cards would value it over. $1,200. Really? I am sorry. Uh, not even the magic cards go for that much. Not even the most yeah. expensive one. Maybe if you had like a billion Black Lotus cards. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I if the trading cards are really worth that much, I must be sitting on a gold mine. Exactly. Like tons of extras. Because this person is selling them for a thousand dollars. But yet they're they're valued at one set is valued at one thousand two hundred dollars. Really? Well Good luck to them. I don't think they're gonna get right. quite that much. So maybe this one might not stick around for as long. Because of the fact that, you know, they have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, up next is a complete My Little Pony Series 2 complete set with a binder. Oh, my and gosh, a checklist. I'm so card lot. Hmm? I'm so bored with the trading card lots. <laughs> well, we still have to go through them, okay? <laughs> Item we are looking at, stopping at. 
So they have the complete series um, one and two, both of them, $950 a piece. Oh, my, oh my God. I know. Dude, dude, no, no, seriously. I got bored and I clicked on one of the Target links um, off to the side. I'm at Target.com. They have focused. a My Little Pony <laughs> Pop, Rarity and Princess Luna. Stay focused. Stay focused. eBay. <laughs> the first time everyone's told anyone's ever told me to stay focused on eBay. <laughs> Up next, My Little Pony G1 Greek Yellow Baby Medley. This one is a new one. This one are looks like she. Hmm? Those are just barely there, but they are yep. there. It looks like she does come with her necklace. Some uh-huh. sort of a trophy. Yep. Um, has some missing hair. Mm. I'm more concerned about the missing symbols. Yeah, symbols present with some light fading. Um, Honey, that is not light. Yeah, that is not light fading. That is practically no longer there. And that is on both sides of this pony. And they want nine hundred forty four dollars and ninety nine cents and you still have to pay shipping. Mm. Well the shipping's only fourteen ninety nine, that's so bad. I'm that's sorry, for nine for nine hundred and forty four dollars and ninety nine cents, shipping best better be free. Up next, we have Wacky Packages, Original Art Painting, My Spittle Pony. I don't think this is the real Marvel Pony. I don't either, because I don't think there were ever Spittle Pony, so slimy (laughs) pony. No, I think... Yeah, I think this is someone who found this someplace and thought, ooh, it looks like a Pony My Little Pony. This is another brandy item. (laughs) And they want $900. Yeah. For an item that is not really a My Little Pony. I say this one's going to be on there for a while, too. Next, we have My Little Pony G1 Rescue at Midnight Castle Animation Cell. This one is new. It looks like all it is is the animation cell for the actual castle. And they want $900 for this, which 
I can see as being reasonable. Well, yeah, well, yeah as, long have... as, you, as long as it's got paperwork that says it's an actual animation cell. Yeah. And for it to be this complete, um, most of the animation cells that most collectors have is just a single piece of the entire thing. And there is not, does not state there are papers with it. So you know what? That just downgraded. Yeah, with stuff like that, it's best to have some sort of authentication. Yeah. I know it's hard to get with the animation cells, but if you're going to be asking that much money, you might want to find some way to get it authenticated. Yeah. Up next is a girl that has been, again, on eBay for a while because this is another Paradise Auction where, again, she must have found a bunch of ponies and thought, ooh, gold mine. We, of course, are talking about G1, according to her, ultra-rare Princess Pristina. Princess Pristina is not ultra Again, this is just someone who probably saw ponies and probably saw uh, Storage Wars. <laughs> I know Pristina is a little bit harder to find than some of the other princess ponies, but I don't know if I'd go with ultra rare. Yeah. She's more common of the princess ponies. You know, Say princess that Okay, you sound like you're walking away from your cell phone. (laughs) I am not walking away from my cell phone. It may be interference from the laptop. Because it keeps sounding like you're going off in the distance and leaving your phone. (laughs) No. Okay, that's better. But yeah, this one is another one that has been on for a long while. This one is posted at $820.04, and I can guarantee you she did lower the price. Because this was another one that was over $1,000 several weeks ago. Up next, we have another animation cell. It looks like it's Escape from Katerina, animation cell background. I don't remember this ever being in anything again. Um, well, you never saw the whole thing in one shot. Like, you saw the, the press over there that the Bushwollies were being forced to work with. Um or maybe parts of the head, depending on where the action was taking place in the room. But you never saw the whole thing all at once. Okay. But also with this one, again, there is no there is no certificate of authenticity that's being offered up. And they want $800 for it. Yeah, that's that's a little steep without any kind of 
yeah, any any kind of official seal or paperwork or anything with it. I mean, I'm not really sure who authenticates those kind of things, but I'm sure there's someone somewhere that would be able to provide that information. Yeah. It's I I've bought animation cells before, but I've never paid more than maybe 20 bucks for one cell. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you can you can buy animation cells from The Last Unicorn and get them signed by the author for less than, Yeah. you know. So. But up next, we have a couple of Greek, supposedly Greek ponies. We have Greek pony, new inbox, extra rare number one. It looks like it is baby cotton candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, this might be a good one. It being priced at seven hundred ninety, seven hundred forty nine dollars and ninety nine cents. But we run into the issue of, are they real? Well, if that's a real Greek on the card, that's. That's a, a rather reasonable price. It's still kind of high just for anything, it, really. The, the <laughs> language is Greek. Uh, these are mint on card, and the language is Greek. And the symbols are appropriately aged, even being mint in package. Yeah. So it looks like we have a regular cotton candy, and the other one looks like it's a blue cotton candy. No, it's it's bluebell. Okay. Ooh. If you look at one of the close-up shots. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at, and I'm trying to really see the symbol. Unfortunately, it's still a little too far away to actually really see on the symbol. That... On the second picture, you can see that they're stars, that they're blue stars. Okay, if you get up really close. Okay, yeah. So you have Baby Cotton Candy, Baby Bluebell, Greek, Mint in Box. Um, Are they actually extra rare, though? Well, they're they're Greek, so they're not particularly common, but I wouldn't call them extra rare. I'd have to defer to somebody who knows a little bit more about the Greek ponies. Um, I'm not sure how common the babies were. Well, maybe one of these days we can get Angel Ponies to come on because she is really into the Nirvana ponies. Maybe one of these days, once we get done with the merchandise, maybe we'll go ahead and try to snatch snatch her. But up next, again, are two um, ponies that are from Paradise Auction, which means they are, according to her, ultra rare. The first one is Dutch Baby Blumen, which is mint on card. Okay. Which is mint on card. Oh, oh, she's. She's got a flower symbol, but she's like a baby princess thing. Yeah. And then the second one is German Baby Bouncy. 
both of which are $712.28. Boy, I'm amazed she didn't make these $1,200, too. Mm. <laughs> Maybe they've been Maybe up here longer. She, um, actually, no, these are new. Ooh. Because I'm always clicking on them. So that the next time we come on to eBay, uh, the link will come up a different color. That's oh, yeah. how I know which ones are have been there and which ones are brand new. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there is got a system. There is a way. Yes. Up next is. Uh, f- according to them, first release. Shining Armor, Applejack, Derpy, DJ, Fashion Style. Uh, again, these are all basically ponies that you can get in the source. Except yep. for there is the San Diego Comic-Con Derpy and DJ Pawn. Yeah. Well, if it's a fa- the first release of the Fashion Style Applejack, you can't get her in the stores either. That's because... true. They do have Applejack in there. Yeah. Um, and the, Pinkie the first, Pie. The first wave of uh, fashion style ponies, they they had Applejack, and then when they started re-releasing a bunch of the fashion style ones, they didn't re-release Applejack. But she's supposed okay, so. to be coming out again soon. Yeah, but is it really worth $699.99 to get Applejack? Well, I have seen people spend $300 just to get the fashion-style Applejack Minton package. So to that sort of person, $700 for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 Minton box fashion-style ponies or one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine fashion styles and two con exclusives. They probably might. They would at least be willing to consider it. Yeah, it's a little bit more within range than the other lot of um, the fashion styles was. It's 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 something that I can see. I I could see somebody probably paying that much. Um, it's still quite a lot, in my opinion, but it might sell. Maybe we have uh, My Little Pony, San Diego Comic Con. According to this person, a five autograph poster bronies. Tara Strong. According well, to them, not... there are three. There are four. There are five signatures. One is tw- the person who does Twilight Sparkle. One is Pinkie Pie. One does Rarity. One does Spike and the Mayor. And one is the actual author. Well, I see Andrea Libman. That one is Applejack Rainbow. No, Andrea Libman's Pinkie Pie Fluttershy. Yeah. Yeah. Ashley Ball is. But most of the signatures, I can only see one, two, three, four. And the only one that's readable is Andrea's. 
And I'm sorry, but there is nothing that, you know, confirms that this was actually signed by them, according to them. Oh, I see parents. An extremely low amount of posters were signed by all five. Extremely tough to get one. They had to... There was they had to go into a raffle system to get the pass that allowed people to exchange for the poster and then a line to get the poster signed. Okay. If you really did not want this, why did you go get it? <laughs> to turn around and sell it. Yeah. And I said there's but, no guarantee that it was actually signed by them. Um Signatures would be more readable, more noticeable. Well, and if you look at the picture, you can see right in the middle that the person has put a watermark on it as being the property of seller X52 Yep. for the image that they're using. I suspect they actually do have the poster. There's just no guarantee that they're not going to give you a copy. Yeah. Of the poster. Yeah, that's that's another thing that if they're going to want, you know, that much money for it, it's something that's it's got to be authenticated and they've got to have the paperwork with it because it's this comes up a lot on um, shows like Pawn Stars where people will go and sell something that's signed and the first thing that the the Pawn Store owner will ask or the buyer will ask is, do you have paperwork? Do you have authentication? Yep. I can't just take your word on it. i got to have something solid that proves to me that this is the signature that you say it is. Yeah, because this person okay. could have just gotten five friends and... So, okay, you sign this name, you sign this name, you sign this name, you sign this name, you sign this name. Okay, up on eBay it goes. Yeah, so to anybody that sells on eBay or in any other form, if you've got autographs or if you've got animation cells, take a little extra time, do a little extra research, find ways to get them authenticated because that's the only way you're going to get the large amount of money that you'd like to sell it for. Yep. Gotta be authenticated. Gotta have those papers. Yep. And up next. Okay. We have someone that I I say is credible. I mean, I say this is actually a good amount to go ahead and sell this one for. It is the White Rainbow Columbia. Rainbow Jack. I'm making up names here. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know which one you're talking thing. about, though. They call her that sometimes, though. Okay. Um, it is stated as rare. I believe it because it is a Colombian. Colombians are known to be rare. Well, yeah. My only, my only concern is the symbol looks like it's painted on with acrylic. Of course, I don't actually know anything about Nirvana's, so I wouldn't know if this is what the Colombian symbols generally look like. But yeah, because I don't, think, I don't think we ever found any Colombians to do really. We'll have to. I'll have to look back. Uh, the little bit that I know about the Colombians is that. 
they do have sort of the the symbols are sort of iffy looking sometimes. Yeah. Um, I do remember somebody did a post about the Colombian daddy ponies that are just all basically the Apple Delight Daddy in different colors, which are really cool, and I would love to have one one day. Yeah. Um, but their symbols do sort of look like they're painted on with yeah. acrylic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that they do. Because this definitely looks like it's painted on with acrylic with a thick brush. Because yeah, the leaves actually... are basically just Vs. Yeah, that is the that is the trademark of Colombians. I remember that from when we when we were doing Nirvanas. That is the trademark for for them. So well, that, that is, one is probably actually a really good price because if that's a genuine Colombian, she looks like yeah. she's in really good shape. The symbols are at least complete, and the eye doesn't seem to have any significant eye rubs, at least not the yeah. one you can see. And this is going for $649. And it looks like, unfortunately, this person is unfortunately having to part with some of her collection to to pay for her wedding. Mm. So this is typical of collect actual true collectors. Something comes up, they really, really need the money, and they willingly part with parts of the collection that they worked hard to get. And this is this was actually a new pony into her collection. This pony was only six months into her collection. Well, I mean, yeah, that makes sense that she'd sell something that she doesn't have the same attachment to as one that she's had, like, forever. And especially yeah. if it's going to be a, a little more valuable. So, yeah. well, I'm sorry she's got to sell off such a nice pony, but I do hope that she sells it so she gets some money for her wedding. Me too. Well, and she she says, I mean, she even admits that she can't authenticate, but even she bought it in Colombia. Yep. And she was told it's a real Colombian. But she also admits that there's a huge market for forged Colombians, and so anybody bidding on this pony should keep that in mind. Because she doesn't, yeah. she can't say for sure that it's not a forgery. Yeah. But just to, yeah. to the best of her knowledge, when the person who sold it to her, when she was in Colombia, told her that it was Colombian. Yeah. I mean that that is the that is the um the trademark of a true collector is they will admit to things in an eBay auction. But um, moving moving on, we have an ultra rare mint in package, Megan and Sundance, and this is the so soft version. Mm. Um, I can see the box set being rare. but ultra-rare? Yeah. Well, and especially not this particular, Megan. Yeah. Nobody likes this Megan. I have this Megan. Nobody likes this Megan. 
And right now she's up for $618.44. That is actually 5% off of her regular price of $650.99. I say she's going to be relisted after nine days. Because she has. So I venture to say we will see her again next week. (laughs) And here we go right back into Paradise Estate. Paradise Auction. You know, I, I know these auctions so well because of how they label everything. Is it me or is that sad? <laughs> I I know a Paradise Auction when I see one. <laughs> but it is the rare special mail order flutter Hollywood mint in bag. With her wings still attached, not broken, not nothing. For six hundred eleven dollars and seventy cents. Ah, I know she's valuable, but I didn't think it was quite that high. Mm. Maybe for mint in bag. I'm getting a huge, a huge kick out of the uh, Paradise Estate auctions. Because they always have such weird, you know, that's not like 600 or 605 It's $611.70. Yep. You know, it's, how, where are you getting the change from? I know. Maybe it's so that it adds up to a round number with the shipping. There is no shipping. Oh, hmm. I don't know. Unless they're adding up how much it's going to cost at the end of the auction. That's a possibility, too. Well, it says on this one that the ship, standard shipping within the United States is two ninety five. Hmm. So it does not add up to a round number. Oh, then I have no idea where they're getting that change from. I think it might be what it's going to end up being at the end. We have another Paradise Auction of an ultra-rare Princess Misty Minton package. For $609.63. And she is free shipping. Yes. I think well, they so are still adding. Sense. That makes more sense to me because I think they're, I think they're, they're including shipping in the price, and then so, labeling yeah. it free shipping. Yeah, probably they're probably adding in everything. Um, the next one is an ultra rare European mint in box baby ribbon. Um, there are two prices on this. Okay. It is $605.96 U.S. dollar current today. However, it is priced at $399.99 Great British Pound. So what do we think about this one? It is the playing care set. 
Well, it's a gorgeous set. There's really... There's just one picture, and it really looks like the sort of picture you would see on a collector's site. Yeah. Like, there's really nothing that makes me think that this person didn't just download this picture. Well, actually, kind there, of are, there are multiple pictures. You have the back. Mm-hmm. You have oh. a close-up of the pony. And then you have okay, a picture of a piece then. of tape that is broken off. Okay, never mind then. Uh, here is a lot that I think is actually accurate. It is the G1 Mountain Boy Ponies UK European Exclusives. It is all six Mountain Boys. Oh, how much do they want for that? $600. That actually sounds around the right price for a complete Mountain Boy set. And these Mountain Boys are in great shape. Like, I'm not seeing any haircuts. Most of the hair still looks pretty silky. You have to go down to find out. You have ice crystals, some scratches, smudges, slight discoloring, dark stains, very few pale, unnoticeable mold spots. This is an actual collector selling when they go into this much detail about their condition. Yeah. You know, when they're saying the front mane has been cut and his tail is very dry and wavy. They talk about this one's a variant. You know, when they go into, you know, each flaw, this is a real collector. Oh, the next one makes me laugh. They're looking at all the stuff that they would look at at buying buying something. Yeah. Yeah. So, the next this is one a real makes clip. me laugh. <laughs> yeah, this is the one I was telling you guys about. It is a lot of over 200 G1, G2, G3 with accessories. Um, these, co- lot, huh? these are like doubles of like Fluttershy, the original Fluttershy. Of G2, you have doubles of just a lot of different ponies. Triple Treat, you have like eight Sparkle Works. That's just the, like several kimonos. There's a... Wow, I have not seen... Holy cow. One, two, three, four. Wow, there are five star catchers in here. Mm. Yeah, the, see, the, the regular is, plastic wings or the big wings? Big wings. Big oh. wings. But see, the thing is, is, like in that last picture, chores, there's all the McDonald's to- toys, there's a few G2s, and, yeah. and the G1s that are in there are not in good shape. So this looks unfortunate. Like someone probably got someone's bait lot. 
for customizing? Because that's exactly what it looks like. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, what it sounds at, like it too is a bait lot. One of the Majesties has a serious head mismatch. Both Majesties have glitter loss. Um, Love Medley is faded. Um, okay, we don't Dice have that Dimmer. much time to go in, went into each yeah, but, and but every one of them. Basically, these are basic. Well, I'm just looking at through one. Basically, these look like they've been heavily played with. They have cancer. They've got dirt. They've got regrind. I this wouldn't pay more than two hundred dollars. But they have it listed for six hundred dollars, probably because they watch storage wars. Well, the unfortunate thing is, condition is everything with these with ponies, as it is with most yep. collectibles. And that and lot right there is a six hundred dollar bait lot. Yep. Well, uh, and, next and up, it's it's like the I, the pony that I rescued that used to be Colorscape's art, Colorscape uh, Colorscape's art pony. The person who sold her to the person who who rescued her on my behalf, the seller wouldn't let the pony go for less than like six dollars or something, even though it clearly had okay. been customized. Yeah, we still have quite a few ponies to get through before we're done, and we've only got about ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, okay well, then so, we'll just ne- briefly skim through them. Up next, we have G, a G1 lot of ponies, huge collection. It is looks like a collection of 95. They want, they say they cleaned them, conditioned, and bagged all but four. Uh, they want $599.99. Yeah, no. <laughs> Up next, we have a, again, another um, G4 lot. It is a Cherub Bricks, all 12 foot, Fluttershy, Pinkie Pie, Rainbow Dash. Looks like this is something fr- that was from the San Diego Fair, or the San Diego Comic Con. And these are yeah, cell phone those, covers. Yeah, the plastic cell phone cover things. For $599.95. And they have three sets available, and they've sold two of them. Mm. We have... More power to them. Yep. We have My Little Pony, Rare Mint in Box, Greek Baby Butterscotch. Uh, this is a collector who is selling it. And I think they are selling it for a reasonable price of $599. That's not too bad for a minting bo- a box, Greek. Yeah, that's a lot better than what we've been seeing. But the next one is the most funniest. This is a Build-A-Bear lot. Okay. Hey guys, I we gotta close have... up the laptop. Okay. Well, we're almost done, so you have Princess Celestia, Twilight Sparkle, Fluttershy, Rainbow Dash, Pinkie Pie, Rarity, Spike, Scootaloo, Sweetie Belle, Trixie, Applejacks, Cora, Apple Bloom. 
Um, are the 15-inch one, 15-, 16-inch ones the ones that you build yourself? Yeah, these are all, like, the ones that, I mean, you can order them online this way. You can build them yourself if you go in the store. The only one that was online only was the Cora. The thing that makes me dubious of this is the images that they're using are the images from Build-A-Bear's website. Yeah. And they want $550 for an entire lot of of 13 that you can probably buy in the store for a heck of a lot less. Yeah. All, all except for Zecora, which you have to go online for. Yeah. And, but still well, and I can tell you that I can tell you that I never see Spike in the stores anymore. But well, again, be I would be careful before bidding on this lot because the pictures that they're showing you aren't of the actual ponies you'll be getting. They're the stock yeah. images from Build a Bear's online website. Yeah. So up next is looks like another regular pony seller um just from their looking at their actual ad uh, mint on card al- alternate birth flower merch it is ultra rare nirvana and yeah it does look like the ultra 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 rare one yeah i know the alternate birth flowers they're traditionally more expensive and a little harder to find and this is at $524.99. And, of course, our girl of the night, Miss Ladybird, is $520. After everything else that we've seen, that almost sounds reasonable now. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Then oh, you go wow, down below. Okay, um, just a couple of extra things here. One of the girls that we have been watching has dropped down dramatically. It is a vintage buggy Greek My Little Pony baby bluebell. She has dropped below Ladybird. Oh. Again, I know this because she is in the color of links that I've I've clicked on. So she has dropped into the $489.99. Let's see. Who is ending I feel soon? like I want to go to Build-A-Bear and like purchase one of some Build-A-Bear ponies and sell them online for egregious amounts of money. I know, <laughs> Okay, we have ending now, top five, ending now. Let's see, we have My Little Pony Series, Rainbow Dash, number two, micro print variant signed, Tony Flesses. Again, probably does not have authenticity. Uh, My Little Pony, Cherry's Jubilee, G4, three inches, Heartstrings, Lyra Heartstrings, G4. Uh, All three of these are ending without bids. We have Vintage, My Little Pony, Playtime, Baby Brothers, Little Leaper, $46, and it has 11 bids. Ooh. 
We must mm-hmm. watch this through the end. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And she has ended at forty-six dollars. Finally, an auction that is has that has ended with bids. <laughs> Next, we have Twilight Sparkle micro print variant signed. Again, probably has no authenticity. Ending with zero bids. After that, we have a G1 Peekaboo Baby Snippy. He he is ending with bids six dollars and fifteen cents. Mail order pearlized baby surprise twelve dollars and forty nine cents. Ending with bids. <laughs> Ow! Melody, come so, on now. See, today, th- this time it is very exciting because we are actually watching live auctions ending with bids. It sounds like some G1s that are selling. Oh, yeah, G1s are selling, man. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! <laughs> 41 seconds. Left on the on the, the mail order pearlized baby surprise. See, I really want to see what what she ends at. Let's see if someone bid snipes here. <laughs> Twenty one seconds. Ooh, this is so exciting. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like a lot of the um looks like a lot of the G one things are ending with bits this week. Unfortunately well, they're ending go ahead. That's kind of what makes me wonder if people are Oh, I don't know, really thinking things through when they try to market everything for the bronies. Yep. Because it seems like the people who are buying aren't buying G4 stuff. They're buying G1 stuff. Yep. So, and that is it. The auction has ended at $12.49. Well, and that's we not a bad price on for order. No. And we're about to be cut off, so you want to do get kimono in quick? Sure. Okay, Pony Night Nights. Pony Night Nights. This is Kimono, and you have listened to Pony Talk. See you next week. Bye-bye.